Welcome to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Every week, I'll be sitting down with a sales executive where they'll share their stories and experiences that produce game-changing results. Let's be honest, sales can be a tough game. I'm sure at some point, we've all delivered a less than stellar demo, been ghosted by a client or two, and sometimes maybe we did more talking than listening. And that's where I can help. The stories and insights our guests share can be applied to your own business, your territory, or with your team, so you're not reinventing the wheel. Our weekly tactics and strategies help you get out of your head and start creating your own path towards game-changing results. Welcome back to the K2 Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Kelly. Now, for those who are new to the show, the goal is to share game-changing stories that our guests are experiencing with themselves, their teams, or what they're seeing in the industry. And from time to time, I come on and I share what I'm seeing that's producing game-changing results. And today, I want to share with you 10 tips to become more effective in virtual presentations. This is the way we're going today and for the unforeseeable future. So for those of you who are approaching it the same as face-to-face, we, we have to make the change because it's not the same. So tip number one is mindset. So often we just flick on our camera and we kind of have an outline in the script, but it's not enough. My suggestion is invite yourself to think about things from your customer, your audience's lens. So before they get onto this call or get onto this presentation, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? What questions do they have? Because when we come at it always from our perspective, we're missing their lens. We're missing, it's difficult to to develop uh, trust and, and empathy when we have no idea what their point of view is or how they're going to experience it. So just flip the lens and just consider what, what their thoughts are. Why did they take this call? What hesitation did they have in taking it? Because when you can understand that, the way in which you frame your presentation is going to be very much tailored to them. And they're going to feel that versus really that seller's perspective. And, and a lot of times, you know, that's what we feel. We, we feel that I'm being sold to and there's a pitch. So just think about your audience for a moment. Think about what they do in a day-to-day. Think about what their hesitations are or even what, what they want to get out of this call. Like what would be a win-win here? What, what would they love to have at the end of this call? And really try to strive for that so your others focus. The second one is structure. So if you're going to consider winging this, you know, it's never going to happen. You're adding technology. This is not natural for most people. So have some form of a framework written out, uh, a roadmap to take you from that opening. How are you going to engage them from that very opening to the closing? What are those next steps? What is that call to action? Because again, sometimes we get caught off guard. We, we, we get questions that are going longer and we lose control of the meeting. If you have a structure, not only for this meeting, so in that micro level, but the macro, where in the buyer's journey are we? So that I have an idea of where this meeting fits. So it really is um, structured and it gives you the confidence to know where you're going. And, and that projects to their customer because they feel that you're taking them or you're co-creating this journey together. Okay. The third one is posture. So I'm sitting right now, but if I'm doing a training, typically I'm standing. Okay. So you have to ask yourself, what kind of meeting is this? Your energy is completely different when you're standing. If you are sitting, make sure that you're, you know, you're upright. You want that diaphragm up and down so that you're not getting shallow breathing. You're getting diaphragmatic breathing and your posture. When you have your shoulders back and you're, you're sitting upright, 
you feel confident. Okay. And you're also projecting that to your audience. So if you're all slouch and sitting down like that, for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, it's not inviting, um, it's not inviting your, your audience to think, wow, this is somebody who's really capable and confident. So shoulders back, head height, uh, into the lens and just, you know, assume that position of, of confidence. Um, and it's going to translate to your client. The fourth one is camera. So you'll notice right now, I am looking right into the lens of the camera. The lens of the camera is actually the eye of the person on the other end. Okay. So if you're doing a zoom call or a training and you're looking at the gallery view, I'm sorry, but you are looking down on your audience and you're not connecting. Okay. We have to connect by looking at in their eyes. So look directly into the lens of the camera, whether it's an external camera or the camera in the laptop. So right now my camera is an external mirrorless camera. It's located just a little bit above the top of my laptop. So I'm looking right into it. That's very important. One other thing with the camera is I hide myself view. So I'm going to check that everything is okay. But if I see myself and if you see yourself, you're going to focus on yourself. You're going to see a piece of hair that's out of place or something that you're not happy with, and it takes the focus off your customer. So if you're using Zoom along those three buttons on, um, on the, the box on your, on your picture, you can select hide view. So make sure that you're positioned correctly, that everything is okay with your face, but then hide your view and really tap into those questions or those thoughts that you've had of your, of your audience before you even switched on the camera. And that's even heightened more when you can't see yourself because your focus is completely on the other person and they feel that. Okay. It really helps build trust, a connection, and just show them that they're the only one in the room because the number one thing we're competing with in the virtual environment are distractions and we're one of them. Okay. So if we're seeing ourselves in the camera, we're going to be distracted. We're going to be focusing on those things. Another thing about camera is where's the angle. Okay. You want it positioned. It's going to highlight you in the best way. So you don't want it coming down on you. You want it center of your laptop, wherever it's going to be in the laptop. You want to make sure it's giving a clear picture. You also can have, you can purchase a small webcam that you can get them for 50 to hundred dollars, which will, if you want a wide angle, depending on what you're doing, will increase your visibility for your audience and maybe just give a more clear picture. The fifth one is lighting. So lighting is critical. Um, a lot of times I'm on calls and people look like they're in a closet or in a basement. And again, if you're trying to project, you know, confidence and partnership and, and come with us, that doesn't do it. So the best form of light is natural light. If you have an office with a window or where you're working, and if you're not take your laptop, if it's a quiet spot and, and bring it to a place where there is natural light, but you want the light behind your laptop. Okay. Not behind you because if the lights behind you, it's going to, it's going to give you a shadow. So if you are using a ring light, I suggest four to six feet away from you and also higher up because for people like me who wear glasses, you don't want to see the glare of the ring in your glasses. Okay. So ring lights are great. Again, on the other side of your laptop behind your laptop, sometimes you're getting a stream of light from one part of the room on say my left side, but then my right side is nothing. So again, it's, it's, there's a contrast there. So you might need to add artificial light to, to balance it up again. Okay. So lighting is key. And again, play around with it. You don't want to look completely lit up that you're a mime, but at the same time you want to be inviting and show yourself in the best way possible. The next one is 
technology. So we're all using multiple, you know, multiple pieces of technology in order to create a virtual experience for our customer. Some of it's a demo, some of it's a discovery call, whatever it is we're doing that we want to make sure that it's not the first time doing it. So if you're using a PowerPoint or anything like that, know the order of your slides, know the transition from when you're going to share your screen. Also, if you want to skip to a certain part of the PowerPoint, how do you do that so you're not going slide by slide by slide and they're seeing everything? Okay, you again, it's an experience for them. So ensure that you are very comfortable with your technology. It's smooth transitions both in the PowerPoint, but also your talking points. So there's a gradual, natural segue to that next point if you're switching gears, uh, anything along those lines. Also your Wi-Fi, you know, with homeschooling and things going on, you want to make sure that you have the Wi-Fi. If you have to hardwire it, if you have to book a meeting when there's less people on the Wi-Fi, definitely consider that. Another part of the Wi-Fi is, so right now I'm wearing AirPods. The best practice is to wear a wired headset. Are you using, you know, AirPods to really decrease background noise and really have clarity and, and hear your, your audience. Do you need a microphone? Is the microphone in the laptop sufficient? If not, you can, you can easily buy a, an external USB microphone if need be to really give you that crisp, crisp, clear sound. One last suggestion is before you load up your laptop and ready to do a presentation, I always reboot my laptop. You never know what's going to happen if they're going to go through a crash or there's too many windows open or something like that. So I always reboot my laptop to ensure that it's ready to go. The seventh one is question and answer. So we always want that interaction, that engagement. So if we're opening up the presentation, the demo, the call for questions and answers, what I would typically do is I would stop screen sharing so we can engage. Okay. If it's one-on-one, -on -one, let them see you. The PowerPoint's done, or we can just take a break from it and really connect, get, get out of that small little square in the top right corner and connect with your audience. If you're doing a demo, you can um, ask them questions on the chat. There's different ways of doing it. If the one thing I would suggest is let them know how you want them to answer the questions. So too often I hear people say any questions, and there's no response, and then they just move on. And you've never told them how they can answer, okay? So even when you say any questions, it really is your program to say no, okay? So I would say something along the lines or what questions do you have for me? And that's letting them know, I know you have some, what are they? And I would invite you to put them in the chat box. I would invite you to unmute yourself and share them with the group or the audience if it's a small group, but let them know, you know, how they can ask questions. If there are no questions, you can always plant a question, okay, to get that dialogue, that back and forth started. So typically at this point, people are wondering, you know, what about the implementation plan or what steps do we need to do? So what, what I tell them then is just get them thinking and plant something so that it can promote other thoughts and, and dialogue back and forth. You, you definitely don't want a quiet audience. Engagement. The number one thing we are competing with in a virtual environment is distractions. So not only our own distractions. So again, that self view is a distraction. Your office, is it clean? Is it clear? Do you have a noise around you? Do you have children in the other room? Get rid of all those distractions. Don't get rid of your kids, <laughs> but minimize the distractions so that you can completely focus. The same for your clients. Ensure that 
Ensure that you're creating an experience with them. So if you want to engage with them um, in the breakout room, if you want to collaborate with them over chat, but really, you know, we have to be inviting them to participate every three to five minutes or they're they're going to go on their phone, they're going to go to the fridge, they're going to go on Slack, they're going to do something. So how do we become more engaging? And obviously the technology with breakout rooms and things like that, but also us as a presenter, you know, our body language, when we're out of that small window, that's why I say get off the, the screen share and let them see you, let them feel you, but also our tone. So if we can, if we can elevate our tone, if we can do some inflections, we can slow down when we really want to get their attention focused on something. We can really elevate and, and raise our voice and our tone to let them know this is the, the, the main problem that companies like you will face unless something is changed, okay? So just play around with your tonality to keep them engaged. They don't want someone monotone, a robot. Again, our job is to create an experience for them, okay? So we have to be engaging. Number nine is camera presence. So are you just showing up, you know, ball cap on, T-shirt on? We have to look the part as well. So you have to understand your, your audience, what's acceptable for them. Is it business casual um, for the, the ladies out there? Do you want to put a bit of blush on, a bit of lipsticks to really, you know, feel the part? When you look good, you feel good, okay? And again, it's all about how do we project connection and confidence through the camera. The camera adds another layer. So how do you get camera presence, okay? So even some work, uh, some exercises in advance, some vocal exercises, some mindset exercises, you know, jumping up and down to get rid of any angst or any nervousness, but really, you know, look and feel good. You're, you know, this is, how would you, if this were face-to-face, you wouldn't just show up. Okay. So just, you know, assume the position. Sometimes, you know, you put on a special shirt or there's a perfume or something that feels like you're donning, you know, you're putting on that confidence suit. If you have something like that, put it on. Okay. And just get into that mind frame or that, not the character, because they say you fake it till you make it. I say you fake it until you become it. But just get into that role of, you know, whatever triggers that for you, use it. And number 10 is practice. Okay, so I can tell you all these things, but you have to practice. So you have to put them all into into, into play. But again, you're going to try one thing at a time. You're going to get good at it. Then you're going to start layering something else. But a great way to practice is record yourself. So record yourself in the transitions coming in and out of PowerPoint, uh, your tonality, your body language. Asking uh, chat, you know, if you're doing a breakout room, can you get a message up there? Can you switch the timer? All these things. And this depends on the, the sophistication of the meetings you're running. But really make sure you're fluid because this is the, your first impression and you get one chance to make a first impression. And if you are not familiar with the technology, your script, you're not um, poised, you're not well-spoken, you've wasted their time. And the currency we trade in now is time. So those are my 10 tips to um, create, be more effective in the virtual environment. And again, give those a shot. I'm not going to say do all 10 at once, but maybe there's some that you're already doing and that's great and tweak it a little bit and then add another one. So you're adding bit by bit, because as I said, this isn't going anywhere. So we, our only job is to get better. So give those a try. As always, we'd love your feedback. Uh, If you want more information on this, we have uh, training courses on this and we'd be happy to share information on them. On the website is k2perform.com. Thank you very much for listening. If you feel that you know somebody who would benefit from this, please share it. Also, we would love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can also watch this 
and uh, share the podcast, like the podcast and get our visibility out there. So thanks for listening until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the K2 Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our weekly sales insights are geared towards sales reps, leaders, and small business owners to help navigate the complexity of modern day sales. Our tactical takeaways help you put a plan in place to start creating your own game-changing results. Until next time, happy selling. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.